While we work at Microsoft, this podcast is independent of Microsoft and implies no warranty or guarantee of the products or services. We will not be sharing anything confidential, and we do not represent the opinion of Microsoft in any way. We are just two passionate guys that love what we do implementing Microsoft devices and services. Welcome to the Device Pros Podcast. I'm Frank Pinto, and my co-host is Alfred Ojuku. This show is all about our experience as consultants implementing Microsoft solutions around the world. If you're already an IT pro or you're trying to get started, you've come to the right place. We will discuss tech success and failure in the show, resources, tips, tricks, and everything in between. You can find us at www.thedevicepros.com, on Twitter and Facebook as The Device Pros. Hold on to your surfaces. The episode is about to begin. So, Alfred, I want to tell our listeners about ITPro.TV. ITPro.TV is a way to prepare for your certification exams. Basically, it is a training that is held online, live, and all those sessions are recorded so that you can go back and watch the sessions over and over until you understand the material. What do you think about ITPro.TV? You know, I was actually just checking it out the other day, and I thought it was pretty rad what they were doing. A uh, couple of guys up there just basically telling you about certification. And I was able to watch one session, was really excited, and really looking forward to going back to see it again. You know, I've watched a couple of the sessions now. It's They're funny, actually. It's, it's very relaxed. It's easy to understand. They make me laugh when they're going through the session. And because it's live... You actually see any little imperfections. They don't do things like uh, record it and then edit out all the little imperfections and stuff. It makes it feel more realistic, and I really enjoy that. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that while it was live, they have a chat window open, so you, you can actually interact with the host while they're giving the training if you have questions. And even if you watch the recorded sessions later, they do have a forum where you can post questions, and the host will come back, and they'll answer those questions later on. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think, you know, what makes it different from a lot of the other sessions that I've seen in the past mm. is that they really break down the material and talk about it with you as if you were actually implementing it. And they have stories around each one of those. Plus, they have guest speakers. So it's nice to see a variety of people covering the different topics and giving that, you know, ownership to what the subject is and making you feel like you are part of the conversation. Well, you know I think why? it's a great option. Yeah, I do too. But you, you know why it's like that? Because they're not just teachers. They're actually IT professionals that have worked in the field. So they understand what it's like to take the knowledge and then put it to use out in the field. It's pretty amazing that they have these very well-rounded people that are certified teachers delivering this course material. Uh, so far, I've been very impressed. Yep. I think So what do I need to do if I, I mean, if I'm interested in it, like what... What are, what are some quick ways to actually get involved in, in, in the IT Pro? All right. Well, I think the fastest way is to go to our website, www.thedevicepros.com forward slash IT Pro TV. When you go to the site, you'll see some information. We show you a little bit of details about what IT Pro TV is and, and who they are, what they do, the certifications that they're offering currently, CompTIA, Microsoft, Cisco, ISC Squared, so you get a little bit of info about it, and then you have a link to the site. 
Now, one thing you definitely want to take notice of, their regular price, which, and I think the regular price is a very good deal, $57 per month, unlimited access to all of the course material. In fact, did you know that they actually include for free when a new bit of information comes out on the course, like when we're switching from Windows 8 to Windows 8.1? That's included for free. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, no additional charges, which is unfortunately what I'm used to with other providers. So it's $57 per month. However, for our listeners, they provided us a special offer code. It is the device pros, one word, lowercase for 40% off of their regular price that's for the lifetime of your account that drops the price down to $33.20 a month. Wow. That's amazing. That is so cheap. I mean, I've spent, have you ever been to a boot camp? I've been to a boot camp and went through the training. $6,000 is what it cost me for a week's worth of training. These guys give me unlimited training, a range of topics, a range of vendors for $33.20 a month. They do it in a fun way. I'm excited, and I really think our listeners need to go take a look. They do have free trials, so you can take a look and see what's going on, see if you like the sessions. I encourage everybody to go take a look at it. And the last thing I think is really cool that they do, they have a Roku channel. So if you have a Roku box, you can actually stream the videos and the pre-recorded content, the live sessions, right on your television. I don't know of anyone that does that. Do you, Alfred? Well, no, I, I mean, I don't typically use Roku, but I'm definitely interested in finding out what it can do and how it can actually be used in this scenario. Yeah, I mean, it, it just allows you to watch it right over your television instead of having to be in front of your computer. So you could be using your computer for taking notes or gathering information while you're watching the live stream or the recorded content on your Roku box. Mm -hmm. well, I'm excited. I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a great opportunity, too. And to be completely transparent with our listeners, this is what's called an affiliate marketing program, which means that every listener that signs up, we receive a generous commission from ITPro.TV. That will really help the device pros because right now, Alfred and I are taking the money out of our pockets for the hosting and the bandwidth and the media and all the things that allow us to bring this content and information. So help us out at the device pros. Go take a look at itpro.tv. If you don't like it, don't sign up. Let us know. Please feedback to us if you're happy with the program. So far, I've been very happy, and I think that you will too. So come take a look at www.thedevicepros.com forward slash itprotv. Get our offer code, the device pros, and get 40% off of the already low price. Excellent. <laughs> Welcome back to another awesome episode of The Device Pros. I am Frank Pinto, and I am joined by my co-host, Alfred Ojuku. Alfred? Hey, what? what's up, guys? How's it going? Good. Good. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. I got to tell you, the weather here in the United Kingdom has been beautiful. It's really strange. We've had three or four days in a row, no rain. I don't know what's going on, but I am enjoying it. Yeah, and the winter is kind of taking a break out here in New York. We're starting to see a little bit of spring, and that it's just wonderful. Flowers are showing up. Life is good. Nice. Well, you know, we have received a lot of feedback uh, about the BYOD sessions that we did. So I thought it would be good if we continue that discussion about something with something called people-centric IT or PCIT. What mm -hmm. do you think? That's one of my favorite topics. I know it's fairly new, but it, it does 
uh, add for a lot of content to cover and discuss with you all as we kind of go through some of these options. Cool. All right. So there are, I think we should go through the top 10 benefits. And there's really three sections that these benefits fall into. So what we'll talk about is what people-centric IT is. Uh, we'll talk about some of the benefits that you get using people-centric IT. And the sections that we'll cover is how we will enable end users, how we unify the environment, and how we protect your data. All right. So I guess we'll start with answering the question of what is people-centric IT? I'm really glad that you're going to say because I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I never heard of it. I know you have a guess of what it is. IT centered around people? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, so we'll start there. What is people-centric IT? And if we take a step back to where we were before, IT had a lot of focus on what it did, how it provided services, how it ensured uh, it could put the right technologies in the right place. And what we've learned over the last few years is the importance of focusing the the technology involvement towards what people needed and how we could better help them prepare for newer ways of simplifying processes that they used. So people-centric IT is a shift towards what the user's needs are and ensuring that we could shape it the way that fits your use model. Okay, so does that mean IT has no control of what's going on? Absolutely not. IT has more control, but at the same time, it gives the user and empowers the user to be able to also choose what options that they would like to see within the realms of what is provided by IT. Well, you know what? That sounds awesome. Show over. I don't need to hear any more. <laughs> I'm sure some of you, are, we're probably using some of people-centric IT as we speak today. Yeah, I think so. I, I When I go out to customer sites, this is a pretty normal topic of conversation, although I, I am. I don't think customers have a clear vision in mind or all of the pieces involved. I think it's sort of beginning and morphing into this people-centric IT idea. But they're you know taking a little bit here and a little bit there. So what I hope we can do today is talk about you know pretty much the whole stack. Exactly. So I, again. I, people-centric IT is, is really about all the different devices that are coming into the environment today and helping IT manage the needs of the end users in the environment without any sort of governance or support around policies for devices, data, and users as the, as the devices come into the enterprise. That's a, that's a really good example of where people-centric IT is, is uh, making its headway. And being able to do that in a consistent platform through one pane of glass is, pretty, is a pretty powerful value has a powerful value for the end users all right well let's kick it off first if we're in the section of enable end users we kick off our list here of top 10 benefits hmm? the first one i'd like to talk about is that using a people-centric it methodology helps simplify registration for enrollment for byod i think we should talk about this for a minute because i think people have an understanding that BYOD is sort of its own thing. So let's clear up any confusion between what is BYOD and and people-centric IT. Alfred, will you, will you tell the listeners? Right. So we did a session a few weeks back on BYOD and how it was the idea of enabling the the influx of newer devices in the, op, in the data center, in the corporate world. People-centric IT is 
not a thing. It's not. It's it's not a hardware or physical device. It's it's really a concept around how we begin to adopt uh, the idea that. Uh, people have control of the, you know, what they can use and how they actually use different sorts of, of features within an organization. BYOD enables that. BYOD is the act of becoming uh, much more focused on what people need and how they're going to uh, take advantage of the, the tools and products that we provide. So it's a component of people-centric IT. Absolutely. All right. So to review, if we're simplifying the registration and enrollment, basically what we're saying is we can allow users to manage their devices and install their corporate apps consistently through a company portal without having the blocker or delay and having to open tickets with the help desk, right? Exactly. So you start seeing things like web application proxies for external users, allowing them to have access to these resources internally without having to wait for someone to approve it. We literally would know exactly what resources they need access to based on their roles, based on their needs, based on their requirements. And you can set this up for external organizations or even or even uh, consumer based uh, organizations. Okay. So you said a really good word, Knight. To, to sidestep from our list of 10 things, you mentioned the word consumer. And I think there's a, I just want to discuss it a little bit. I think there's a shift in what consumer means today. If we said consumer in the past, we would really be talking about um, people buying things at a store. They would be a consumer. I think what when we are talking about consumer in the context of people-centric IT, I think what we're saying is a person or individual who consumes corporate resources. So it precisely, and it, not even just think, that's exactly what it is. But in addition to that, it's not just about the corporate devices. It's also about a service that's being provided by an entity of, of sorts. It can be a private or public entity who makes that service available for the end user. And when that user prescribes or requests access to that information, they then become a consumer of that source. They come become a consumer of that application or those services that are provided. All right. So second on the list in enabling end users is access to company resources consistently no matter which device they use. And basically the idea here is that users can work from whatever device they'd like to, they can access corporate resources, and it presents them a similar look and feel. So that way, you know, they can do the things they need to do without having to learn, oh, on my Windows tablet, it works this way, but on my laptop, it works that way. So I think that's a really important piece. One of the top 10 benefits is to provide this consistent look and feel across all devices. No, I, I absolutely agree. It's it's the idea that you have a number of different vi- devices that are, are made, being made available for the end user. And as we related earlier, we talk about the user all the way down to the data. If I were to tell the story of what people-centric IT uh, incorporated, we'd talk about the user being able to access their data or be able to work from any location. And then the idea that when they're working from the Starbucks or from the corporate office or from home, they can have any number of devices, explosion of devices from that basically erode whatever standards that are based in the approach of corporate IT, your, your, your cell phone, your mobile device, your tablet, your Surface, your VDI infrastructure. You can now have access to those applications internally. And those applications 
can be cross-platform, anything from Exchange to Office to SharePoint. Hmm. You have access to any one of those devices. But most importantly, it's access to the data that you need that that you know ensures you have the right access whether um, just maintaining what we consider compliance and reducing any sort of risk so you tying that all the way back from what does a user need to what do we provide from a people centric standpoint okay so you pretty much gave us the explanation of number 2 and tied into number 3 which is to support what we call modern work styles a modern work style meaning flexible the ability to be flexible and <clears throat> excuse me allow the user to work in the way that works for them from the coffee shop as you mentioned from the corporate office in the car uh, on the train in the plane wherever they are we have to be able to offer them a way to support this modern way of working mm-hmm. all right so give us the next one so th- another way to, you want to think about is con- you know basically connecting automatically to internal resources when needed. Uh, things like workplace folders or web application proxies, proxies, as I mentioned earlier, if you need access to internal resources, there are solutions that are being put in place to ensure you have access to those internal resources. That's another example of benefits of people-centric IT because now upon request or upon requirement, you can have the right solution in place to ensure access to those resources. That's pretty cool. Automatically. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, many of you already are aware of mobile device, uh, MDM devices like Windows Intune, Server 2012, which incorporates, like I mentioned, web, web application proxy. And one that many of you probably are already familiar with in Windows 7 and Windows 8 is direct access and VPN uh, capabilities. Now, Frank, you and I talked about earlier another feature, work folders, which is um, which has sort of expanded in its use, correct? Yeah, that's a <clears throat> so that's a big enabler. And with work folders, you can use your corporate domain join device and your non-corporate domain join devices, still providing the level of access that IT needs, the level of security, but you can access this folder very much like a My Documents folder. You can access this folder from multiple devices and in many situations. Now, the thing that I find really exciting, Microsoft on the 12th announced of of, um, March, announced that this work folders and workplace join is now even available on Windows 7. So from your Windows 7 to your Windows 8 devices, either way, you can have access to this workplace folder. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's pretty cool. I like that idea. All right, so we said there were going to be three sections. That was the enable end user section. Now let's jump into unification of the environment. First of all, we need to enable our users to be able to access on-premise and cloud resources with common identity. We know that one of the top requests in help desk is password resets. So if we provide users with multiple user IDs and multiple passwords to get to different things, we know that we're complicating their experience, which slows down work, takes away from what it is that they need to do, and of course, costs us money as an IT organization, right? Right. And to add to that, it's just one that is one of the biggest challenges is how to effectively support and manage the diversity of platforms and devices that can now potentially access 
corporate resources, at, whether it's in on-premise or in the cloud or even external? How do we make sure that you have access to those resources regardless of the scenario? All right, and number six is unify management of on-premise and cloud-based devices. So if we're gonna be using both on-premise and cloud, we've gotta make it easy for IT to be able to manage those things. If they have to go to different places to manage those things, um, you know, that makes life pretty difficult and it's actually going to raise the cost of IT, which we don't wanna do, we're trying to be agile. All right. One of the things that we see with System Center and its extensibility is the fact that with System Center 2012 R2 and Configuration Manager, Windows Intune, you start seeing sort of that blend of mobile device management. So whether or not you're using something like a Surface RT or your your favorite mobile device, uh, mine being Windows, you know, Windows devices. Attaboy. <laughs> or your tablet, you can manage them regardless of what platform you're on, whether they're on the cloud or not. And that unification is what we, again, consider providing uh, comprehensive settings management across platforms. Which brings up the very next point that I think is, is really important. Unfortunately, the experience that we've had up until late is that we have had to manage different platforms with different pieces of software different policy sets. So if I had a tablet, I'd manage that separately, then I'd manage my desktop, then I'd manage my phone. So we need to, as we're working towards unification of, of the environment, we need to provide a comprehensive settings management across whatever the platform is, right? iOS, Android, yep. Windows yep. Phone, tablets, iPads, you name it. Yep, and to be clear, I mean, again, one again, one of my favorite tools, and I mentioned earlier, System Center 2012 R2. It can manage a range of devices, including Windows, including Windows-based PCs, laptops, tablets, phones, and servers. So we see OSX, iOS, and Android devices, and as well as Unix and Linux servers. Huge improvement. If you look at Garner, um, some of the Garner stats, you'll see that's why System Center is up there in terms of device management solutions. It incorporates a large list of different types of devices. All right. So we've talked about making things easier for the end user. We've talked about making things easier for IT. But we haven't addressed one really important point, and that is if we're going to open access up, we got to protect our data. So section three is all about that. And the number eight on our top 10 list is to provide corporate information with remote data and application control. What this means is that IT can access managed mobile devices and remove the corporate data or applications and applications in the event that the device is lost or stolen um, or needs to just be retired. So that's a really important piece, right? If we're going to be doing all of this enablement, we have to make sure the controls are in place to keep corporations safe. Right. And a lot of businesses are looking forward to that. So if for some reason you do lose that device, you have the ability to selectively wipe that device and protect the data that is corporately owned, ensuring that you have no major loss of of revenue or internal IP that might be uh, relative to your business. All right, so let's go to number nine. Alfred, you want to kick us off there? Well, I was going to finish off number eight, but since you're telling me to jump to number nine, I sure will. All right, thank you. <laughs> so we deliver policy-based access control to corporate applications. So it's the idea that now we can, can you know, put in place ways to ensure uh, you have the right access to the right information. Uh, 
Frank and I were doing an, uh, another session that you, you probably won't see for a while. It's, it was on you know high business impact, low business impact, and medium business impact, which is basically the the ability to control uh, the type of information that a specific user or device needs, re- dependent on their role or their security rights access. And this is one of the sections that we start seeing that PCIT covers uh, around protecting your data. All right, so it's it's policies, right? I mean, that's what we're doing. We're setting policies, we're setting access control, compliance data and information, and and what you are alluding to our our session that will be coming soon is about all about the data classification, which helps us define what users need to do, uh, what their device, how their devices need to be protected, in what ways to be able to access certain types of data. Right. And uh, the interesting thing is, you know, as we talk about each one of these technologies and features, uh, you'll, you'll start hearing that many of our products, it's not just one or the other in, in a solution. We have all three of these, enabling users, protecting data, unifying your environment, all tied into each one of our solutions. So we, if we mention web application proxies, they incorporate all three scenarios, the fact that you can enable the users, the fact that data is already protected by, by default, and that you can have diff- multiple types of devices entering that environment. So that's a huge deal as well. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up with number 10. Number 10 talks about enabling selective wipe. So what is selective wipe, Alfred? I think we covered that. I mentioned it quite uh, a little bit earlier. So selective wipe is the, well, let's put a scenario. So let's say uh, Tina is a corporate recruiter traveling on business to college job fairs, and she's out of the office, and the team she recruits for is interviewing a few candidates, and feedbacks on the candidates recorded in the company's uh, feedback application. And Lisa typically checks her smartphone, but for some reason, she she loses her smartphone, and it misplaces it somewhere. Uh-oh. So yeah. Uh, so the important thing is she, she needs to be able to quickly block access to that resource from her her stolen mobile device. And in case in case she's unable to wipe that device herself, the IT needs a way to wipe that device for her. Um, just basically maintaining the security of the company data and application. So okay. So yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're saying that IT or the user can selectively wipe. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. So IT can can do it their own, you know, through their own administrative benefit, you know, processes. Or you, as the user, since you have access to your portal, right, on Windows Intune, you can actually literally log in and say, "Wipe my device," right, because you know your data is there. And in in that sense, we we enable you as the end user to say, "I don't want anyone accessing my information." And if you're unable to access it, I myself as an administrator can go in there and wipe it for you. Hmm. Cool. So that that that's a huge deal. You know, we're starting to see that as being a way to manage your devices much more influ- in, uh, consistently and also protect data. Well, that sounds good. So that's our our top ten benefits. Uh, and features that you get from using people-centric IT. I would encourage you to go back and look at our uh, RSS feed. There are two podcasts. We had a two-part BYOD session, which again, BYOD is just a piece of the overall concept of people-centric IT. So definitely encourage everyone to take a look at that. 
If you were going to sum it up, Frank, <clears throat> in two or three sentences, what would you say you'd want our users to walk away, our listeners to walk away knowing and understanding about people-centric IT? You know, basically, people-centric IT is a, is a change in the way that we have done things in IT. Typically, we sort of have a IT-centric version of IT, and it's based around, okay, we have to provide email, so it's Exchange. We have to provide data, so it's a file server. This is really about enabling the end users to consume services the way that they need to work. And in other words, we're changing the focus to make it focused on the people that do the work and they consume the services that we provide. Not the product, not the software, but the service that we provide to them, i.e. mobile information, web applications, uh, emails, etc. Awesome. Awesome. Very you know, right to the point. And I uh, really appreciate you explaining the details. I look forward to seeing more around people-centric IT. Sounds good. So we'll go ahead and wrap up this podcast, episode number nine, I believe. So we are fast approaching episode number 10. Yay. Yay. Yeah. We're getting some really good feedback on Twitter and over email. So thank you very much, everyone who's been uh, sending us your thoughts and information. Yep. And again, I think we still should continue to encourage you, your listeners that are interested in learning different topics, please, please post your interest, things that you want, you'd want to hear. We'd love to cover it. We'd love to hear about it and be able to kind of provide you with an update as to a specific topic that you're interested in hearing. You bet. So the way that you can do that, <clears throat> first, you can find us online, uh, www.thedevicepros.com. You can find us on Twitter, The Device Pros. And you can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash The Device Professionals. Thanks again for another kick butt episode, Alfred. Same to you, Frank. All right. We'll talk to everybody soon. All right. That wraps up another amazing episode of The Device Pros. We appreciate you tuning in and participating. We'll be back in two weeks with another incredible episode helping the technology community one podcast at a time. We want to hear from you, our loyal members, so please reach out on our website, thedevicepros.com, or The Device Pros on Twitter and Facebook. For now, be good to your technology, and remember, the NSA is watching. See ya! While we work at Microsoft, this podcast is independent of Microsoft and implies no warranty or guarantee of the products or services. We will not be sharing anything confidential, and we do not represent the opinion of Microsoft in any way. We are just two passionate guys that love what we do implementing Microsoft devices and services.